Before we get into today's episode of One Shining Podcast, want to shout out theringer.com.com.com.com. Dot com, dot com, dot com. The Ringer uh, has some great stuff going on. Kevin Clark, friend of the program, he just wrote a story on George Pickens. And in case you missed it, George Pickens thinks he's the best receiver in the world. And that's because he's the weirdest. That's the headline. Kevin Clark knocking it out. Also want to shout out Spidey 16th Minute, which is a new podcast from Heidi Pratt and Spencer Pratt. If you're the fan of the Hills or reality TV shows uh, in general, I think this is going to be a fun show. So go check that out. And also fantasy football right around the corner. You can go check out the Ringers fantasy football rankings that is now live. Again, the site is theringer.com. Go check it out now. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, we've got Kyle Mann back in the building and we're talking about combinations thanks to Drake and our boy Devin Booker. Of course, if in case you missed it, Michael Jordan, Devin Booker hanging out. And then we decided to talk about some of the best combos that are happening in basketball right now. We also got the aggregators back. Those damn gators got our guy Ryan Rosillo and they talked about Tracy McGrady and his comments on Rick Patino. We're going to get into uh, that whole conversation. That'll be fun. We'll also talk about Mick Crow and his new addition to the UCLA team. We'll have Kyle Mann break down these two guys coming over from Europe. It's a jam-packed show. Kyle, anything before we get into today's episode? I just found out I could play the ponies from Frolic Room, so we got to wrap this up because I got to go. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, welcome back into One Shining Podcast. I'm your host, Tate Frazier. It is Monday. It is July 31st. It is my dad's birthday, so shout out to my dad. Happy birthday to him, and uh, it's a beautiful day because we have Kyle Mann back in the building. Kyle, how you doing, man? Fantastic. Doing well. Chilling. Recovering from some family trips, you know, took a little, little, had a little weekend trip up to uh, BFE, Southern Illinois. Mm. Uh, every little town looks the same. I don't know if you've ever been through there, but... Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good, Tate. Happy birthday to your dad. Uh, you know, the legend. Yeah, uh, he's Papa locked Frazier. in. He's locked in right now. And uh, Saluski country, shout out to Southern Illinois. That's a that's a verified, checked basketball state, right? Correct? Like, everyone in Illinois loves basketball. That's how I feel. I mean, from the outside looking in. 
Yeah, I've gotten exposed to it because one of my wife's cousins uh, was a pretty good player. He was like a fringe D1 player, and I, we would go up and watch him play. Uh, he played at some uh, Swick at like a, at a JUCO. Mm. But uh, we would go up and watch, and they have these little like they have these little like dome, like mini bowl dome gyms where it has sort of like a sort of like a walk track, but it's in it, the the court is down in there. And it's fun, yeah. I like uh, that. Was another thing talking about Indiana. I always enjoyed like the arenas, how seriously they take. I, I feel like in Kentucky, that's not as much of a thing. I don't know. Interesting, like the field houses and things. I don't know. There's just there's a magic there. Is that, is that a big thing? Like going all out for like gym design in North Carolina, Tate? That that you that you're aware of? I don't think any state is like Indiana. After I went to Indiana, the 2021 Final Four, it was still during COVID, but we did like the Hoosiers tour of the actual gym, and uh, we we went and saw all these gyms around Indiana. I've never seen high school basketball treated at that level. I think college gets that kind of treatment, but if anything, in North Carolina. They like smaller gyms in college, right? That's why, uh, you know, Cameron Indoor has such a, you know, like uh, a mystique about it. And then all the North Carolina fans wish that they still played in Carmichael, which is where Michael Jordan and James Worthy and all those guys played. NC State fans wish they still played in Reynolds Coliseum where, you know, David Thompson and everyone played. And then Wake Forest... I mean, Lawrence Joel is kind of in between there. I mean, people like to have the more intimate environment in yeah. North Carolina. But in, in Indiana, they're just like, let's make the biggest gym possible for these high school games. But it's also because they need those huge gyms because that many people want to watch high school basketball, which is fascinating. And it's it's really unique. It's one of one. So uh, shout out to Indiana basketball. They have their own lane. We respect it we here on this program. We've really been pandering to them a lot lately. I don't know what we're <laughs> after. Maybe someday we'll cash in on that. But I think I maybe told you this story that I went to the the Frankfurt, Indiana, where the Blue Chips gym yeah. was, where they filmed. Friend of the and, program, uh, was, the OG, the originator. Yeah, I was talking to their AD and I was like, uh, he was telling me sort of, sort of the story because they have like this dome. I mean, it's the reason they chose Western University to be filmed at this gym. And I was talking to the guy and he was like, yeah, they just wanted to have a cool gym. And he said, and then uh, it got to the point where it is now. He said, because a couple towns over, somebody built a bigger one and we didn't need a bigger gym. He just said the town got together and was like, we can't get outdone by this other town. We've got to like, there was literally no reason other than just to beat the other town. So they so they renovated this gym and made it incredible. And that's the kind of spirit I love, Tate. I just I I'm down for that. I think that's incredible. That's yeah. competition, and uh, that's also small town America. It's very you know parks and recreation. Pawnee, Eagleton, you do this, we do that. There's one superior town. There's one small town. Um, that happened. I mean, my town, Henderson, North Carolina, Oxford, North Carolina. Oxford's kind of like the more debonair, nicer version. They look down on Henderson. Small towns do this. Um, it happens. We respect it. Yeah, we're on the right side of the bridge in Poughkeepsie. You know, Highland could get fucked. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how it works. I mean, that that's that's small town America, and we have to uh, we have to respect it. Um, as you can tell, it is the off season. It, it, we are in the dog days of summer. I have been racking my brain to figure out what we want to talk about. Uh, the Spun is not putting out stories for Kyle to put up. So, luckily for us, our guy Devin Booker said. Here's some content, um, free content for everybody. He's in Santro Pay right now. And also, folks, Michael Jordan is in Santro Pay, and he put out this picture. And uh, the caption has confused a lot of people in America. I saw on Today's show, they were like, he said combination. Now, we don't know what combination he's talking about. And then uh, we'll, we'll tear the, we'll, we'll peel the layers back for everyone listening. The reason he said that is because Drake, uh, the artist Drake, who was obviously discussed on this show, friend of the program of your Kentucky Wildcats, he had a freestyle come out called On the Radar Freestyle with Central C, who's a rapper as well. And uh, 
He said, uh, quote, some madness and some badness combination, which uh, apparently Drake has a Jamaican or a Caribbean accent now at this point. (laughs) And uh, that is why Booker used the term combination. It has become a meme. Uh, I talked to our guy Waz this weekend. He was talking about how much he's been able to use that Drake video of him saying combination in his life, um, whether it's with, you know, food orders or things like that. But anyways, but, uh, Booker puts oh out Oh my this God, picture. I have to, I have to hear Waz's, t- I mean, Waz is like the source for this. I'm anxious to see what he says. Waz, it, Waz went on a whole tangent. We went to dinner this weekend for KOC's birthday and Waz and I were talking about Drake, uh, and his many accents for quite some time. Um, but in general, we were talking about this photo, this moment in time, Devin Booker, notoriously a Kobe guy, Kobe, notoriously a Michael Jordan guy, a guy who wore Michael Jordan's full Bulls outfit after winning his third title. Um, And Shaq finally told him, hey, maybe you put on your jersey. And he was like, I like the sound of that. Right. So uh, Booker skips his, uh, you know, his his generation goes above the Michael. They had this nice moment. Um, People were reacting to the picture. And then it just made me think about combinations in basketball in general. But first and foremost, Kyle Mann. Your thoughts when you see Kentucky Wildcat Devin Booker and Michael Jordan enjoying some tequila together in Saint Tropez? It, it it's always hard for me to process because I think even Devin Booker, I'm trying to think if he was a freshman in 2015, and you think, okay, well, like he he probably doesn't remember watching. I, I I guess the thing for me, Tate, and I'm a little older than you. It's always difficult for me to imagine those people interacting with Michael Jordan in a social sense. Like, I don't think <laughs> I could do it. Like, I, re- I really I really think I would freeze up. Have you ever gotten to meet MJ Tate? I feel like that's something that, that could happen. I've you. been in the Carolina club when Michael Jordan has been there. So he's been in the same room as me, but I've never met him before. And uh, one time I was with BJ Armstrong and Michael Jordan FaceTimed him and uh, was basically like, calling him fat and just being like, you need to get in the gym, motherfucker. I'll come fuck you up right now. And it was like one of the greatest. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, it was one of the greatest FaceTime conversations I've ever seen. And then BJ is like, I'm with the Carolina guy right now. He's like, at least you around somebody that has some damn sense. And then, and then he hung up. So incredible. uh, Yeah, I got, I got, yeah, I got reference and I got secondhand uh, MJ experience. Like when that phone call ended, BJ is just laughing. That's how he is. He's like, he's crazy as hell. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's freaking Michael Jordan, you know? And I love that that's how insane he is. He calls his old teammates and is like, I'll bust your ass one-on-one right now. And you're like, what is Michael Jordan thinking about? <laughs> that, that, that FaceTime's <laughs> over. You're like, uh, was it Tim Robinson from uh, I Think You Should Leave? You're like, what? I love whenever you get like a little bitty like interaction with a celebrity like that and the, just the tiny taste that you get is like absolutely on par with what with their like persona. That's that's amazing. Like uh, BJ seems like he's in good shape too. Like I, I, anytime I've ever seen him, I don't I don't understand. The funniest I, part is he went straight to his gym. Like that that Facetime ended, and he was like, "All right, I'll talk to y'all later." And then he went to the gym and said like a picture. It was like I'm getting ready, you know, like as if Michael Jordan was gonna fly in a pri- a private like jet right there that come night. Check him. <laughs> go to go to L.A. Go to his house and like play him that night. That is how uh, Michael. But I'm I'm scared to meet my heroes. Um, the one hero I met, Kurt Russell, was incredible. And then Michael Jordan's second hand was incredible. But I, I feel like it's hard because even with Booker, he's probably like, there's the mystique of black Jesus. And I'm I'm not sure I want to shake his hand or have to do small talk with him. But, you know, that's it's a fine line. 
I think you're kind of witnessing you're kind of witnessing the Michael Jordan effect of like when he was playing, like just that ribbing and then BJ BJ it, it's just hilarious. It's almost like a big brother thing that never goes away. BJ immediately is like, Well, I gotta go to the gym. That's that's amazing. Like I, I just think that's how you maybe, push your maybe, teammates though. You call them up and you call them like soft and call them fat and then say like you're gonna beat their ass one on one. Like they're not even playing basketball anymore. BJ's like, I gotta get in shape. I gotta get in game shape tonight. I gotta get ready to play. That works. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah all um but Booker interacting with him, I mean, Booker, it's amazing. Like, I guess if you went back and you were looking at like, you know, like old school, like in high school, like Moss, Devin Booker, and you're just kind of thinking, we we do this repeatedly. I feel like it happens a lot with like skill players who are sort of out of the top, like just outside, like fringe top 25 players, maybe even like top 100 players who are maybe not as physically mature. I feel like Booker is one of those guys that just he emerged once we got past like the summer circuit and all that stuff. And it was like and when I see him, I think of like the DeMar DeRozan thing whenever he was talking about like some players like really liking to play and others not like it's a job. Booker has has always struck me as a dude who is like, he really, really deeply likes basketball. You mm. know what I mean? Like you can, you can even love someone in your life, but like at some point not like them, you know, that happens. That happens in friendships. It happens in families. I'm just saying like, sometimes you can start like loving something like a career, like basketball and eventually get to a point, a point where you don't like it anymore. Right. I never get that vibe with Booker. I always feel like he, like, he really seems to be into it. And I think that that, that resonates with people, but also, I think the aesthetics of his game are really resonant where like you hear other, uh, other players talk about him and they just love it. Like, I I don't know what it is. If it's like the footwork, uh, there's that sort of legacy of individual, like shot creator, like footwork that really seems to appeal. And I think that's probably why Kobe is so, you know, Kobe and MJ, it's all kind of connected to that lineage. I think that players, there's a game recognized game thing that those players more often than not seem to come up. It seems like and right? MJ is very particular about who he gives his seal of approval to. Like he is not uh, someone that is easily moved on or worked over. And in general, he kind of picks his spots like he loved Carmelo Anthony. Right. I mean, he kind of picked Carmelo over LeBron and his little mind of who is the the one he's going to ride the horse of. Um, Chris Paul is one of those guys that he really loves because of his competitive nature. Right. Booker, like you said, I think he loves the technical skill work of who Devin Booker is as a scorer. He probably really respects that they both play shooting guard. Um, Booker has a very cool demeanor in general. I think Jordan has an appreciation for that. But right now, Jordan's guy is Luka. I mean, that, that kind of says it all. I mean, he he is got him on Jordan brand. I think he's trying to push Zion to the moon, but Zion is hard to push. Um, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right? I think he's hard to push. Um, but in general, I think this was a good sign for Booker because it means that Jordan has kind of given him a stamp, even though he isn't a Jordan brand guy, which says a lot. And then I was looking at stats for why Jordan might respect Booker. Booker was the first player since Jordan in 1992 to average 35 points a game over the first eight games of a postseason. Now, this is a very... Uh, you know, field goal, field goal post kind of uh, stat right there. But it is impressive that Booker was the first player to do that since Jordan. Jordan keeps up with these types of things because he's a maniac, borderline probably psychopath when it comes to like his legacy and, you know, things that he's done that nobody else has done. So he probably saw that game recognized game, like you said. It was a nice moment. And uh, I like to see like the blue bloods, right? It's kind of become a theme in the world as college basketball we're in the Coliseum right now and we kind of see things crumbling. It, it does seem like the powers that be are saying, 
give me your hand. You know, as conference realignment is happening and things like that, everyone's trying to, you know, hold on and latch on to each other. Devin Booker, Michael Jordan, different generations, same blood. It's all blue. Do you think that uh, he was getting some advice from MJ on his shoe that's coming out, the book one? Oh, the book it one's is quite not a, it. It's quite a throwback. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it looks like a shoe of a guy who only cares about basketball and nothing else. Uh, it, it doesn't look great, uh, Kyle. If you want to look it up, the book one, it I'm looks like it, it needs now. some help. Um, it's very basic. And I talked to one of my Nike guys, and he said that Booker wanted a lifestyle shoe, not a basketball shoe. That's he, what it looks he like. Wanted, it like, looks like my dad might throw these on. Right. He wanted, well, <laughs> that, that, I don't think that's what Booker <laughs> was going for. But, I mean, he was going for, he's, like, uh, almost like a Nike skateboarding type shoe. Like a He's going to play in these? No, like, no way. I don't think he plays uh, in them. That's what I know. I was going to say, it looks like it has like a new book upper on it. I guess, I mean, you can change the materials around, but the bottom looks, it doesn't look like it looks a like a demo shoe. shoe. I don't think it's the final. Yeah, product. it's not. It's not. It's the first look. Uh, it's, it's the, I don't know. Maybe he was just like, Mike, anything here? Yeah. <laughs> the people are saying oh. it's not it. Why is the why yeah. shit all over me? Is, uh, <laughs> what yeah. are we doing? Did why shit on it? No, already? I don't know. Yeah. I'm just assuming. I'm sure did. he will uh, when he sees that demo. No, I'm looking at it and I'm seeing, I mean, I'm seeing a couple images here. The one on the left definitely is, is lifestyle. And I'm looking at this, um, this, there's been like a sort of a, a minimalist movement, I feel like, in a lot of Nike shoes that maybe is kind of is spawned by the Kobe thing where, you know, the, the most recent LeBron, which LeBron talked, debuted one of his new models with Bryce the other day, which we can talk about. But um, the Jaws, um, I, I just feel like recently they've kind of been drifting towards like just a kind of a clean upper with no real like not a lot of patterns, not a ton of stitching. And then just sort of a swoosh, which was the thing that like Kobe kind of did that for years and years. That was his thing. But if there were if there was going to be some kind of like commonality between Booker and Kobe, it's that they do have that in common that like I think their footwear is really for hoopers. And I think if you look at the legacy of Kobe's, I don't know, maybe Booker can be the person to take the torch here. I don't know if he's going to be like a Mamba athlete. I know Mamba is kind of looking to become sort of the same way LeBron has schools, Jordan has schools, Steph has schools, that kind of thing. I don't know if, if he's going to be like a, like a technically like a Mamba athlete and can t continue that and carry on. Um, maybe he could take up that mantle as like the shoe for Hoopers because if you talk to Hoopers, even aside from Kobe's like legacy as a player, his shoes are like, these are for basketball players. You know what I'm talking about? And yeah, I've always appreciated absolutely. that, too. I Kobe's not even my guy, and I love his shoes. Yeah, know? and he was the one that really made low tops cool. I mean, there was a time where it was like old, you know, any coach, you go to a YMCA, they're like, you better put some high tops on before you turned your ankle. And Kobe was like, no, I, I have these shoes on because I can wear them to go to the mall, and I'm ready to ball at any time. You know what I mean? You tell me where we're playing, and I already have my shoes on. That was kind of like, that's why it's like the Hooper's Hooper shoe, because you could be wearing them, and it's like, oh, oh, damn, he's got Kobe's on. That dude's ready to play right now. And <laughs> that is Booker's kind of mentality, it feels like, too. It feels like he just puts shots up whenever he sees, you know, a basket. Even if even if it's in a pool, you know, Devin Booker's like, all right, let, let's lace up and pl let's play. So, um, yeah, I, I think Jordan and Booker becoming friends is a great storyline for basketball. We need it. Um, we need we need good combinations in the world of basketball, which leads me to my next question to you, Kyle, man. What's the best combo right now in basketball currently? Because, uh, you know, the Splash Brothers kind of had that throne for quite some time, obviously, especially in the NBA. But we're getting into the the twilight years of the Splash Brothers, especially with Clay. Will he start? Won't he start? Those kind of things. You got AD and LeBron, obviously. Um, you got Booker and KD, which uh, is the funniest tweet I think I saw this year. 36 unbothered. Um, after they lost, I, I thought that was so funny. I don't know why. Maybe it's because 
I don't know. It just felt very internet to say that, but they're their own combination. 36, those two guys. Um, and then you got Jokic and Jamal Murray, who obviously just won the NBA championship, but I, Luca Kyrie. Oh God. <laughs> Talk about Hooper's Ky- Hoopers. Kyrie's got some great <laughs> shoes too. I think Kyrie was like kind of the Kobe, like Hooper's Hooper's shoe that came behind him, He'll, him or Paul George. But, uh, what is your favorite combo or what do you think is the current best combo? We, we can kind of sift through that because it, it doesn't seem as sure as it once was. I, you were saying combo. I don't know. My mind was going to fast food and I was thinking about uh, things I really enjoyed, like the flamethrower combo from Dairy Queen that my wife and I were talking about Dairy Queen. I don't know how I'm getting on this so quickly. Anyway, uh, this weekend. <laughs> uh, shout, out to, shout out to Butterfinger Blizzards. Incredible you get, stuff. Well, well, you know, we were we got talking too about the blizzards in, uh, in Thomas and Mac Arena. Did you get a blizzard while you were there? I didn't even know they had blizzards. Did you see the blizzards? Yeah, you didn't see this? No, I was no. looking for the, the shortest beer line. <laughs> yeah. And I had some brisket mac and cheese in the stadium, yeah, which actually I was a looking different for. with Kyle. The, uh, the brisket mac and cheese there was, was brisket great. brisket mac and cheese? Yeah. And the lady was like, hey, baby, come back to me. Give me $5. I'll fill it up for yeah, you again. Right. She was like, but only me. Deals. She was like, yeah. only me. Yeah, she's like, don't like, talk okay. to anyone else. You just okay. you flag me down when you walk up. Cash. I'll come get you some. Wow. Thanks. Like, all right, baby. That's amazing. It was great. Wow, Kyle just has that effect on people. It's a, it's an amazing thing. No, com- combination. Uh, I was thinking about, um, I think you kind of have to put it in different buckets. I think if you're talking just pure offense, I mean, just pure offense. I mean, Luke and Kyrie is an incredible offensive combo. I don't think there's any way around that. Um, I mean, Murray and Jokic right now, I think is, you know, crazy dynamic. You have to give a lot of love to to Katie and Booker. I think that just the, the power the of their dynamic. Punch. Yeah. That they were like the only people who really kind of truly threatened the Nuggets. Like they took, you know, I mean, what other what other combo is going to like combine for eighty like on multiple occasions in a playoff series? I, I, like those two are just they're unbelievable. Um, and but then uh, you know a, a fun one recently, you know, Fox and Sabonis has been pretty fun. Yeah, that's you know, a good one. Mer- Morant and Bain is pretty fun. Embiid and Harden occasionally can be fun. Not lately, but uh, it's got it has its issues, obviously. But I think when you talk about like the two way, would you agree? Does it need to be a two way duo, or are we just talking like what's the most fun? Are you talking about like who's we're talking about winning, or are we talking about fun? I just feel like there was a time where every team was looking for Michael and Scotty, and that was kind of like this template of like you need these two type, like it's two guys, the space, like the NBA Jam, right? The like the the two guys, and they're going to lead you to a title. And now I feel like. It's just a different conversation. So when I think about duos, even the, I remember the Ringer early days, they did Running Mates brought to you by State Farm. And, uh, you know, they did the best, <laughs> like, uh, you know, duos in the league. And it just felt like that was more of the conversation. Obviously, the big three gets introduced. Then we're talking about a trio as opposed to a duo. Um, but then, you know, the Splash Brothers helped bring it back a little bit to that, you know, to that verbiage. And then, I don't know, I'm just kind of racking my brain. Jamal Murray Jokic feels like the quote unquote right answer. But then I'm going around the league and I feel like it's more threesomes and, and foursomes than it is just a, a combination of two guys. Uh, even like Giannis and Middleton, I feel like there's Brooke Lopez is shaded in there a little bit. And, and, and maybe you can make an argument. I don't know who's on the NBA Jam shirt for the Bucks. I guess it's Middleton and Giannis. But, um, you know, th- th- there's just no one that stands out that I'm like, that's the right answer. Yeah, I think if you look at yeah, the Pippen Jordan thing is interesting historically. If you look at like teams that are built around like wing sized players, I mean, Scotty could guard five positions, right? Um, or at least four. Uh, and then, you know, you're looking at MJ could switch a lot too. Uh, like, 
I don't know, like over over the course, I'm trying to think of like the most exciting kind of like wing tandems. I think back to like we didn't really get enough of it, but Vince and T Mac who we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, that was a fun one. We didn't get them at like full maturity. Uh, T-Mac and Grant Hill would have been fun. We mm. didn't get that one either. Um, but uh, like Tatum and Brown, I guess, are the closest thing to resemble that, you know, in terms of like two-way I tandems. probably, yeah, that, that was a real that was a real blind spot there. Bill, Bill might cut all this. Uh, yeah, Tatum and Brown, put them up at the top of the list probably, um, especially because yeah. Jalen Brown got paid now. Feels like now that awkwardness is hopefully over for them. And then Tatum's going to get paid very soon. So he's going to be all right. So that's probably as far as, uh, yeah, outside of the champs, like I said, the right answer. That That's probably a fair answer. Those two guys together, they get it. Yeah. And, and if, if they'd stayed healthy, Kawhi and Paul George would have been fun. I mean, we, we're talking about it like it's over now. It, it feels like, I mean, just based on the evidence, it seems like it's something dramatic's going to have to change for them to. For them to just keep it in the air. I'm trying to think of like at max like health and stuff, duos that kind of feed into one another. I mean, LeBron and AD when they like in 2020 was pretty freaking lethal. I mean, right. their pick and roll was pretty unbelievable. Um, they're pretty fun. LeBron and Wade was pretty fun. LeBron uh, and Kyrie that- talking about people that could put up 80 points, you know, together as just a duo. Those two guys were incredible. It was like you look at the stat line at the end of a Cavs game, it's like Kyrie had 48 and 8. LeBron had 45, 10 and 10. They're like, okay, wow. <laughs> Pretty impressive yeah. stuff, these two guys. Yeah, if you, I, I think, and if you look at sort of like what Luke and Kyrie are supposed to be, I think it's sort of like <laughs> spatially, it's, it's sort of spatially. Why, why are you so invested in this, Kyle? I'm fascinated. Just on the sake of being right, because you mentioned it, you want me to just affirm you, or do you well, have something Well, the guy, else? the security guy here uh, literally calls Kyle Luca, and every time he sees him, he, like, he loses his mind as if, like, Luca Doncic just walked in. So I feel like Kyle has somehow, like, uh, it is, he has become part Luca. And then also Kyrie, so like hated by all people. I feel like it's contrary to, to like Kyrie That's now. That's great. And like, think about the best duo to party with. You think it wouldn't be Kyrie and Luca? Yeah. I think, I mean, I think Kyrie would be fun until like, like 12 o'clock when he starts getting into theory. And then me and Luca just sneak <laughs> out for a heater. <laughs> you guys go smoke a cigarette, right? I'll, I'll, sit, take I'll sit there and listen to Kyrie. We'll regroup and come I'm back. I'm like, hey, just pass that. Just pass. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that, yeah, when the night is kind of slowed down and you're kind of like laid back on like bean, ba- bean bags or something and like, and Kyrie's just talking, I feel like he'd be like first team all like, what is he talking about? Like, right. I, I feel like he just kind of, yeah, right. And don't yeah, laugh. Like, like the, the one rule is like, just don't laugh. You know what I mean? Just like keep, just like try to keep a straight face the entire time. Can I say something though about the the Kyle Luca thing? Um, I've thought that for a long time. Kyle, Buddy, the internet's all over like it. Luca. The internet's yeah. all over. Luca looks like me, by the way. I'm older. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. There we go. There we go. And also, not a bad thing, you know. Sometimes, like dude. whenever some, yeah, whenever some, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like typically when someone looks like somebody, um. I keep it to myself, you know, like I, I don't really, especially, I, I, you know, it's just, I, I don't really, especially people, with the people will take sex, it the wrong way. Like, and you, you could say stuff that offends people. Yeah. Like Kate's a, Michael Sarah, you know what I mean? Oh, and, and that's been good at times. It's been bad at times. Yeah. That's not it. That's not it. <laughs> that's not it. Has that crossed my mind at some point? Maybe. I don't know. But uh, I think it's a boyishness thing. It's that's, I think that's kind of right. what it is. You just have a youthfulness about you, Tate. Like, I went to a job interview one time and the guy was like, he texted my friend who worked at the company. He was like, he looks like David Cross. 
I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, even, and he like said it, like sent it so that like wanted to say it to me. I was like, buddy, we ain't on that level. Yeah, he's Also, like, I don't look that. like David Cross. What are you talking about? Like, I've got a big schnoz. Like, I don't, like David Cross has like a little, I don't, I don't understand. I just, it was the glasses ball it thing, was the I glasses. guess. I don't, yeah, it was the glasses for sure. He's like, guys got glasses. That's what it is. <laughs> Yeah, that was just one that I was just like, you just you don't throw that one out there. If 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 the seal's broken and it gets mentioned, you know, I'll I'll bring up the this person that looks like this person. But I, I was just curious about your investment in the Luca thing. But no, I mean they are super fun. It's personal it's for hard Kyle. To- That's what it is. It's personal. He's like, this is actually going to help our brand. <laughs> totally. Yeah, the better Luca is is good for Kyle. So that's good. It's. It's hard to separate Kyrie from like the basketball player from the other stuff. Also, I mean, but then also there's like the teammate behavior, but it you, you keep circling back and having to be like, well, he is actually super talented. I get to, I get tired of doing it myself, but um, I don't know. And, to, and then there's also like in terms of like two way tandems. I mean, Jimmy and Bam, I think is like one of the big ones too right now. Like uh, Bam offensively has kind of worked to improve himself, but uh, that's that's a really good one. But I don't know both directions, you know. Middleton, Drew, and Giannis. If I had, if you made me pick one, um, it's still tough. I mean, it's probably Tatum Brown right now in terms of like pure two way, but but you know, the Nuggets have done a lot to sort of support their offensive guys, so it's you know, it's not a two, it's not a two on two game. So yeah. uh, I guess I guess that doesn't even adequately cover it. So, but uh, yeah, you got to give Jokic and, and Booker their, their props. Or the, Jokic and Murray, sorry. Yeah, the Nuggets are like four deep at this point. It's like Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., those three and four guys are probably the the top of the league uh, at this point. Michael Porter Jr. is definitely the best fourth option, I think, in the league as far as talent and uh, ability to score and all those types of things. So there you have it, best duos. It's it's a crapshoot. Nobody knows. But I, I do know this. I do love aggregators and the aggregators. You mentioned T-Mac, and uh, T-Mac went on Ryan Rosillo's podcast, also produced by you know our dear Kyle Crichton right here. And uh, T-Mac had some comments about Rick Pitino. And anytime Rick Pitino is discussed, it will be discussed on this show. And uh, T-Mac was talking about in his career, he never had that, uh, you know, that secondary guy, right? That, you know, he was like, if I had you know, so a D Wade, right. Or any of these types of players, maybe I could have had a run. He said the one year he and Yao probably could have done it was Oh nine. They were both hurt at that point. So in general, he was looking for his running make. He was, he was looking for his combination, but at the start of his career, then this is where we care. He said he did not want to go play for Rick Pitino because the workout was way too hard. He basically tanked his interview um, with the Celtics because he didn't want to play for Rick Pitino. First and foremost, when you hear that, how, how great is that, that Rick Pitino is so intimidating that T-Mac was like, I, I do not want to play for this guy because I think that's awesome. Sports. It is awesome. And then, you know, you've heard these stories over the years. Um, it's, well, to me, what it makes me think is, and I went back and looked up this timeline. So Kentucky loses to Arizona at the end of the tournament in the championship game, one of the worst days of my, my young life. And then Rick takes the job at the Celtics on May 7th. And then Tubby Smith comes in and takes that job was only open for a very short time. He comes in like a week, basically. <laughs> Tubby takes the job on May 13th, which makes me think this was set up ahead of time, which makes me wonder, though, you know, T-Mac declares for the draft. He clearly was thinking about going to Kentucky when Rick was the coach. You know, if you if you think about like when Adidas came in and I'm I'm just thinking. He must not have been thinking about Tubby Smith coaching him. He must have been thinking about Rick. And then essentially what happened in this workout is it probably just disabused him of what he was thinking to begin with. Right. That like Mm. he was thinking I'm going to Kentucky and Rick was the coach. And then but maybe he hadn't seen a practice or maybe he hadn't had like 
Because there is a difference between the person that you meet, you know, the coach you meet on the friendly, and then like the person that you meet once that whistle between the lines gets blown in, in practice. I figure he was probably it was probably just uh, a splash of cold water for him. I would imagine if it, once that he got into that workout, right? And Rick Pitino ran the Celtics like a college team at that point, and that's why our boss Bill Simmons, uh, you know, goes crazy when you talk about the Rictator because he went in there and was like, "If you don't want to run sprints, then get off my team." And they're like, "What? <laughs> we already paid these guys. They have a contract. <laughs> we we have to use these players." And he's like, "These aren't my guys. Get these guys out of here." Isn't it also funny, though, that we praise Miami? We praise Miami for their culture of, like, no nonsense and, like, accountability. And it, it's just, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Because there's all, we, we, we give a lot of grief to the Nick Nurses and the people who, like, actually expect things from their players. Like, the Spurs are like this. Mm-hmm. But then we're also, like, times have changed. You can't, you can't be mean. You can't have expectations of players. You can't say harsh truths to them. It, it's just kind of an interesting thing that we look back on Rick and we're like, of course, the full court pressing stuff. That's another animal, you know, but I, 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 I just think there is a sort of a double standard where we're like, players have all the power, can't be hard on the players. And then we're like, oh, well, the other side of our mouths, we're like, oh, heat culture, hold them accountable. No nonsense, you know, no prima donnas here. I just think that's interesting. Well, I think it's interesting that T-Mac didn't have any sort of, uh, you know, at, there are two points in T-Mac's career where if he stays in Toronto with Vince Carter, we're talking, like you said, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum type setup where he actually could have contended. And who knows what happens with those Raptors teams? I mean, they had the old guard was trying to go up there to give Vince all the info, right? Del Curry, Muggsy Bogues, Oakley, right? All these guys are going up there, all these former Jordan guys to try to give him game. You would have had T-Mac, his cousin, right there with him. But T-Mac says, no, I want to go get paid somewhere else. So that was interesting. And then for him to not want to play for the Boston Celtics, as much as Rick Pitino would have ran him or whatever, if he goes and he's playing with Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker, instead of Ron Mercer getting drafted, right? I mean, that's a that's a formidable team right there with those guys that come into the mix. And who knows what Team X career looks like. So it also shows that... Who knows some, what Patino's career looks like. Right, who knows what Patino's doing at this point. He, he might still be coaching. He might be like a Pat Riley type. The The reality is certain people can tell you the truth and certain people can't. If Michael Jordan tell Dev, told Devin Booker he's soft for not wanting to play against double teams, then Devin Booker is like, I hear you. I would like to hear that. But if Matt Ishbia or whoever else in the Suns tells him that, he's like, shut up, bitch. Like, yeah. Don't, don't tell me what bitch. to do, right? I mean, that's the reality. It's like Pat Riley is allowed to tell these guys the truth, but some people aren't. You know what I mean? And that that's what nobody wants to talk about. It's like some people they will listen to, some people they want. And unfortunately, it's like an oligarchy of guys, Jerry West, Pat Riley, you know, maybe a Mitch Kupchak. I mean, so, some of these certain guys can do it. Other people can't, so... I think that interview was a great look for Rick Pitino, the college coach. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. and, and it, Tough it, as nails. If you're Rick Pitino, you go back to St. John's and you play the clip and you say, T-Mac wasn't strong enough to play for me. <laughs> you know, like that's your takeaway. Like T-Mac, if T-Mac had wanted it, like you guys seem like you want it. Then look what knows? happened to him. Yeah. Who knows <laughs> what his career is. Question though. What do you, okay, let's imagine, let's imagine that this happens a, a couple summers before. And it's and it's Kobe Bryant going in there before the '96 draft or or a summer before, and he goes in there. Do you think Kobe has the same reaction to being pushed the way that T Mac did? What do you think? I think Kobe's licking his chops. I think he's. I think he loves it. That's probably exactly what he would want. You know what I mean? Or at least that's what he would say he would want. I don't. I don't know how. You know, there's a difference between the P. Kobe had a good PR run as well. You know what I mean? With with the way he introduced himself to the NBA and the, the allure behind him. So. 
I I would think based on what we have heard that he would be jumping for joy that Rick Pitino is like, we're going to run suicide. They'd be sprints. bullying players together. right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> the, the mental abuse those two guys could conjure up together. Talk about guy. combos. Talk yeah. about tandems. <laughs> It's like yeah, that Kobe Bryant loves rookie duties. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just thinking about like, um, well, of course, there's that famous picture of Kobe in like the Celtics workout yeah. year uh, before. I just thought it, also I was interested. Uh, I mean, what did you all make of? I have, I have thoughts on this um, that I'll, I'm not trying to set up with this, but uh, I guess I sort of am. Uh, what, what did you think when Kobe, and I'm not trying to sort of like uh, just re, this isn't like a Russillo podcast recap. I'm not trying to do that. But what did you think about T-Mac saying that his talent level was on Kobe's talent level? How'd you feel about that? I watched it. It was. I mean, I, I didn't think it was. Uh, I saw a lot of people take that clip and say, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Kobe's in a different echelon. But at the time, it was a fair argument to be made that, you know, you could pick a side there. You could say, I'm a T-Mac guy. I'm an AI guy. I'm a Vince. I was a Vince Carter guy. You know what I mean? That's that's who I thought was the best of them. Because he course. had the, you know, the teamwork and, you know, the dunks. I mean, it was, it was like MJ 2.0. But Kobe was literally doing MJ 2.0, but the competitive, psychotic side of it. Um, it was like little pieces of it. It was like the horcruxes of Michael Jordan were like in these different shooting guards. You know what I mean? Like little pieces of them. <laughs> Um, and, and Allen Iverson was a shooting guard. People forget this. Like I, I, AI got judged in the same group as those guys, even though now people talk about him as a point guard. What was Eddie house doing? He was playing point guard. So, I mean, AI was playing the two. It was undersized at the two, but I mean, they were all playing shooting guard. They were all trying to basically mimic what Michael did. And T-Mac was incredible. I mean, it, they were up three, one until doc rivers, you know what I mean? And that's always the joke that's made, but it was kind of T-Mac's fault a little bit. he, he never won a playoff series, so I understand why people go crazy about him comparing himself to Kobe because Kobe won five championships. So it's different in that sense. But the way that they played individually, the the scoring levels, uh, the way that they dominated, they were they were very similar at one time. And Kobe went away for a little bit when T Mac took over. You know what I mean? Like 0405 mm-hmm. range. Yeah, I I think I think T Mac bar if he if he'd had I mean they're different personalities. I'm not saying that T-Mac isn't the same type of worker, but they, I mean, like Kobe just had more of an outwardly sort of maniacal, you know, work ethic with obsessive kind of quality to him. T-Mac seemed like a more casual laid back guy. I don't, you know, you'd have to kind of observe their sort of process to know, but I mean, I, I, I've always been a person who said that like, you know, T-Mac, I do think is, was as talented as Kobe. I think he was on his level. I think that if he'd had different breaks, we would probably talk about their careers a lot differently. Like he was a little bit bigger. I think he was probably a little bit better passer. Um, like jump shooting wise, he was shooting, you know, threes at a higher volume ahead of his time. I think T-Mac was, a tr- was really, really good. I, I, I honestly, if you just put the, those two versions of them side by side at their peak, I, I would probably lean. I know people are going to hate this, but I would probably lean T-Mac a little bit just because he never play, He never got the opportunity to play with talent. Things just broke poorly for him. You know, Yao was never healthy. Grant Hill thing never happened. He didn't, you know, but I, by his own doing, didn't get to play with Vince in Toronto. It just he had a weird career the way it broke. And um, he was he was just a phenomenal, phenomenal talent at his peak. I think if he was in the NBA prime T-Mac right now, he's the best shooting guard in basketball right now. I mean, that's I mean, then that's, you know, some people would say it's probably Devin Booker or they may make arguments for even younger guy like Anthony Edwards or whatever it is. But T-Mac was that good. I, I mean, I know with yeah. time people 
I guess, lose sight of the reality of what we watched, but we watched it. And uh, Yao Ming and T-Mac was supposed to win, and China loved them. T-Mac was the first guy that I was like, I just know China loves this man. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand how this is happening, but they, they are in love with T-Mac, and obviously they had Yao on the team. So the Houston Rockets were like Team China during that period. I mean, they, they had similar <laughs> Chuck colors. Hayes, right. yeah. yeah, it was like, it was wild. So uh, I thought that was a great interview. Shout out to Rosillo. Shout out to T-Mac for bringing up uh, Rick Pitino. We love to see that. Um, there's some other news out there in the world. There's a new Duke mystery. Kyle brought this up on our last show. Duke was going to Chicago to do an NIL event. And um, that got canceled because uh, it was impermissible, impermissible benefits, which in the world of uh, NIL, we didn't even know that was possible. So that's a, that, that's why this was insane. Um, also, Duke tweeted their official account, quote, had to get some flicks at the bean. And then um, the, the Twitter slash X world went crazy about this. Uh, a lot of older gentlemen and ladies out there did not know what the hell this this meant, why they had to be honest, it. I didn't know that. I one. thought that was an older term. I I don't know. There's a lot of urban dictionary searching <laughs> after that. I had two different Duke people send me that and say that it wasn't an attempt at a joke that uh they were just taking pictures, finding a new slant. Um Ugh. but yeah, that was a mystery that happened. I don't also know what's going on with photographs. <laughs> Get your messaging together. Also calling together. photographs flicks. I, I don't. I mean, I know flicks are movies, right? I mean, like, I, I, to me, I don't. I don't. But like, I if didn't you're know talking that one. Duke PR social media strategy, like everything is a movie. It's kind of a you young know what person I mean? like, that's slang, like, though. Yeah. Like, right. like my buddies will be, will be somewhere. Like when they come out to be like to LA, they'd be like, "Oh, get some flicks of me with the ocean, bro." And yeah, I'm like, right. all right, I hate this, but I'll do it. But I've heard the term as as meaning uh, like photos, so. The kids say it's, it's a movie. Gucci Mane told us it's a movie. So I mean, that's that's what they're saying. So like, I think Flick still works in the in the way that you're saying it. They just they've flipped it in a different way, and now the Duke PR social media team has has flipped it in an even more volatile way, and uh, it got deleted. So a uh, tweet was deleted, <laughs> event canceled. Don't know what's going on there, but um, like I said, the Duke people are trying to do damage control right now. So uh, thoughts and prayers to the social media team. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, don't take any flicks at the bean if you're out there, kids. Be careful. <laughs> so Be careful. Good. Bad it's things so can happen. I just, um, I just want to say that's. I don't get grossed out by a lot. Um, that phrase grosses me out. I, I when I when I read that, I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> right. I, I just like. I just, it's just disgusting. I don't. Who's? Uh, I'm sorry. I uh, yeah. I I never heard that. It, 19 year old like, Duke student. He he needs to get outside. Touch grass. <laughs> Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there uh, you go. So the, the, there's the Duke update. New mystery. We'll see what happens. Uh, will the tweets change? Uh, we'll see about that. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. 
to find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mick Cronin, by the way, he went on Petros and Money Show. So if you live out in uh, California, you know Petros Papadakis. Uh, he is uh, a star. He is a local TV sports guy, and uh, they have their show. Mick Cronin, very, you know, good old boy. He's just like, I'm going to go on this show, share the updates on UCLA basketball. I watched this. I thought it was great stuff. Uh, Petros is hilarious. And uh, Mick Cronin said he has two new freshmen that will be joining the team, uh, a 7'3 big man and a 6'9 forward. A day Mara, I believe, is is uh, our Spanish uh, counterpart who is coming to play college basketball. KOC said to me, "quote He is a massive addition." I said, "Yes, Kevin, he is seven foot three. <laughs> um, but Kyle, man, what what do you know about this man, or, or either one of these guys? Burke is the other guy uh, from Turkey. Um, do you know anything about either one of them? Should we be fired up because UCLA fans out here are acting like they just got Yao Ming?" I was going to say, do UCLA fans do they get riled up about a lot, or do you? you oh, well, you have a lot of UCLA at, at connections. This event, I they were fired up. Like Mick Cronin announced that he had two big additions, and then you know the the rumblings of these guys, and people were cheering like they knew about, it. like they've been scouting them in Europe, and they're like, yeah, they, these are the guys we've been waiting for to get over here. And then, like I said, KOC said he's been scouting them, and and now I turn to you and I say, Kyle, man, what do I need to know, if anything, about these guys? Mera is an interesting one, I, th I think, in terms of like, I, I don't know if like UConn has UCLA on the schedule this year. I, I really think the Kling and Mara thing is going to be interesting as we go through the, this draft cycle, similar size, you know, in terms and like balancing their skill sets against each other. Yeah, it is a big. I and mean, Edie, by the way, Edie, you got, we got three monsters in college basketball. Yeah. 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 yeah um, P Pacific Rim vibes here. The, the, just a lot of, you know, large bodies duking it out if we could if we could get some of these guys to square off. But I mean, Mara has like um, he has great hands, um, pretty nimble. I, I wouldn't say he's super fast, but the other I mean, Burke. I mean, his last name, whenever you try to, like, get the right pronunciation, I can't say it. That's why I'm just calling him Burke. I won't say Bjung like I, told Kyle, I will learn how to spell their name and say their name as soon as they show me something on a basketball court. So right now I have not seen either one of them. So I, I do not know how to say his last name. Luka Doncic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Love Donkic. Luka Doncic. Uh, 
Bjornkensel is is my wow. tentative sort of thing I'm going with because whenever you whenever you hear uh, like the broadcast over there say his name, uh, it's just sort of like an, it's you can't it's indecipherable. Like I can't I'm like I'll listen to it and be like I got nothing I can't. Uh, but uh, no, I mean he's a big six nine like floor spacer guy who moves pretty well for his size can shoot the ball. Yeah, they're they're both big additions. Uh, I I think the international sort of buzz in college basketball recently has been fun. Um, UCLA. You know, it's going to be hard to replace uh, our guy, Jaime Jaquez, but I mean, I, I think they're going to be pretty good next year. You know, I, I don't know, like contention wise, I'd have to dig in and decide a little bit, but um, these are two big additions for sure. They're good players. Yeah, I like it. I like Mick Cronin's dipping his toes in the international waters. Um, we respect it. Arizona's obviously doing that. Gonzaga's been doing that. Utah is a team that does that. I mean, the, in general, a lot of teams on the West Coast, San, you know, St. Mary's, obviously, they go and do that. Even like Santa Clara, the small schools, they're all now recruiting internationally because there's a lot of talent internationally. And these guys come over and they just want to hoop. They just want to play basketball. And uh, you plug and play. They get eyeballs on them from the NBA. And uh Look, college basketball, international basketball, I like that we're working together for for the greater good, and I like that Mick Cronin is winning in the end tier. So shout out to UCLA. We love to see that. Um, another thing that I saw this weekend, uh, conference realignment, when we're, I was talking about the Pac-12, Pac-12 update, it's over. It's dead. Um, start playing the funeral music. Colorado and uh, Primetime, Prime Sanders, they're going to go to the Big 12. Sounds like Arizona is on their way to the Big 12 as well. Utah will be in that conversation. Arizona State will be in that conversation. Big 12 is trying to go for all these schools. The Big 10 apparently is trying to go after Washington and Oregon. Um, that is the the big hubbub right now. There was also some reports that the Big 10 wants Florida State and Clemson. From what I hear, that's not happening anytime soon. So uh, nobody wants to pay $300 million or whatever to, to get them bought out. But um, in general, the Pac-12 is dead. Kyle Mann, um, your thoughts on the Pac-12 dying? Do I mean, it feels like it's irrelevant anyway. And obviously, USC, UCLA are already going to the Big Ten. But um, this was big news. Everyone was reacting like it was the end of something special. But I feel like we've seen the writing on the wall for quite some time. Yeah, Pac-12 basketball, Pac-10 basketball. It's it's the the Pac basketball has kind of uh, Bill Walton has to be reeling somewhere. I think he's yeah. the guy that we need to check on. I think you know we need we need Walton watch just to make sure that he's we'll get him on the pod and, and he won't talk. about I can't any guarantee of it. he's yeah. going to say anything yeah. <laughs> related <laughs> to Pac-12. I'm like Bill. Dude, I see champion. your Muggsy Bogues behind you. <laughs> Great, blah 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 blah. Artist Gilmore. Uh, you know, like he just yeah, he's just oh, he's the a fun. train. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell the story that I was like watching. Uh, I was watching some talk that he did. It's it was like at Pacific College or something, and like the prompter asked him one question, and and Bill Walton talked for like an hour, literally like an hour and a half. He like and he went into this diatribe about Artist Gilmore at one point. And he goes, Artist Gilmore, no regard for human life. Like you just <laughs> talking about how Artist Gilmore was like just a clumsy like physical player. Like right. he just would hurt pe- sort of Stephen Adams vibes. You know, he would right. hurt just people, knock people like, out with his elbows clear out yeah 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 he was a scary scary guy no i i um i don't i mean i didn't grow up in the in the pack culture so i don't feel as strongly about it but i mean the traditionalist in me you and i both grew up with you know acc is you know sewn into the fibers of your being sec same thing for me you know me me and van lathan had that in common we got we bonded over uh over jefferson pilot broadcast back in the day lsu i love all that stuff i hate seeing it go away it is weird i mean it is like it, it, we're entering to pair with the nil to pair with the transfer portal 
it's just a whole different thing now. But if you go back and you look at the shakeup has always been, I, I feel like the seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, there was a, a period in there where it was kind of stable, like things stayed the same. But if you go back and you look in the early days, I mean, there were teams like the SEC had a whole different cast of characters in there. It's it's really shifted a lot. So maybe it's just we're kind of we we had a period of stability. We're coming out of it. We're going to enter some more flux. Hopefully we'll enter another era of stability. Um, the traditional semi kind of uh, cringes a little bit. You as an ACC guy, I mean, are you like kind of clutching your pearls? Do you hope you hope things kind of stay the same? I just think the Big 12 is winning the PR award, but I think the ACC is totally fine other than the terrible TV contract that they're under. But at the end of the day, if it does, quote unquote, blow up, then in general, they're going to be ACC teams. The SEC is going to poach the ACC and pick and choose who they want. Do they want Virginia because they don't have that market? Do they want North Carolina because they don't have that market? If they can't get North Carolina because they go to the Big Ten, do they get NC State instead? Or do they do like a Duke and NC State? It's just going to be a Big Ten SEC poach party. And they're just going to, it's going to be like portal season. And they're all going around and saying, who do we want here? I think the four teams that go to the SEC are North Carolina, Virginia, Clemson, and Florida State. I think those are the ones that go. And then I think the Big 12 tries to go for like Miami. Maybe the Big East tries to make a push with, you know, the idea of Duke being a basketball school, Wake Forest being a basketball school. I think NC State goes to the Big 12. That just seems like uh, the right fit, for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? Like, it just is going to be funny that there's three or four schools all within, you know, 100 miles of each other, and they're in four different conferences. And yeah. and then I think everyone's going to be like, what are we doing here? What What, what is the point of this? Um, but like you said, it's changed a lot. North Carolina used to be in the Southern Conference. Um, yeah. and, and South Carolina was in that conference. You know, I mean, things have changed a lot over the years. We clutch our pearls, but it, it is constant change in college sports. So I'm not uh I'm not freaking out too much, but at the same time, we all see the storm is coming. And uh if if Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, gets what he wants, he wants a super conference. And if we get a super conference, uh that's gonna be we're going to have relegation. We're, I mean, it's going to be a whole thing. Uh, it's going to be a nightmare. And and these fans in the South, they're going to be an uproar. When you tell Ole Miss they got relegated um, out of the Super Conference, good luck. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to tell them. I think that's good how luck showing your starts. face in Oxford. Yeah, <laughs> I, think I, that's when he, I think that's when things happen. So, um, did you uh, did you see Lane Kiffin the other day at SEC Media Days? Did you get a look at him? Like, I he saw looked some like clips he had, of him. Yeah, he's hilarious. He looked like he'd been on the on the boat on the pontoon for like twelve hours drinking <laughs> drinking natty light, and he just kind of rolled off. He just I don't know. He he just kind of had like a leathery look to him. He uh, somebody was like, "What what what's going on with him?" I was like, "He just kind of looks divorced. He looks divorced, yeah. and he looks like he was on a pontoon for like twelve hours." But I don't know. It's sometimes you get that look in the South. It's it, it happens. But I think that's how you get respect from the fans of your team. You know what I mean? Like you, you almost have to have like a lake house if you're going to be an SEC football coach and you have to go fish. Like it's a lifestyle you have to lead. And if you're not going to be one of the lake guys, you got to be a golf guy. You know, you have to have your lane that you're in and to let people know that you're one of them. You're one of the people. Um, you even do like your, your facial hair like them. You wear, you know, what, what are those, uh, Columbia shirts, PSG shirts or whatever. Uh, oh, uh, the performance 50. Per- yeah. PFG, PFG, performance, yeah, performance, yeah, PSG. That's performance uh, fishing gear. I yeah, have my favorite pair PFG of shorts on, uh, you can coach in the sec. That, that is a, that is a classic shirt incredible right shorts. I got a net in the bottom. Yeah, no, everything. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's nice stuff. It's nice stuff. 
I feel like the 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 uniform for a long time at Kentucky games was the Titleist UK hat, Strong. a white button up cotton uh, shirt that like is rolled up to your your. It's a long sleeve shirt, but it's rolled up to your elbows, and then sort of you know khaki shorts and Sperry's with 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 sunglasses with the croaky thing mm-hmm. behind you, you know, and it can be behind you, you know, that was the uniform for the, for, for the SEC guy. And I feel like that's pretty, that's pretty ubiquitous throughout the South. I feel like that was, I'm sure that shows up at Carolina too. No, Carolina is yeah. Khaki shorts, khaki pants, button down and you know what I mean? The, whatever Costa Del Mar sunglasses you have on. I mean, that's, that's the South. I mean, that's Georgia football too. I mean, everyone, I mean, it's kind of like the, the Greek life culture a little bit that, that kind of comes in the South. And that's why Greek life above the Mason Dixon is a little bit different than the South. Everyone dresses the same pretty much at the South. It's just different plaid colors. You know, it's like, if you go to a red school, it's red plaid. If you go to Carolina, you know, you go to a blue school, it's blue. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Shout, shout out to conference realignment. They'll figure out their their <laughs> outfits and things like that once they once they get in their new conferences. Yeah, the out the outfit <laughs> stuff will shake out. It's going to be in flux too. It's going to be I'm all pretty, right. Because what is you what do UCLA kids wear to their first Wisconsin football game? You know what I mean? How dumb is that going to look for them? <laughs> it's going to be embarrassing. They're going to be frozen. It's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah they're they going to have to read the room. Shorts on as no layers. They're frozen. That's going to be a tough beat. I, I think tech, that tech pullovers and things like that, you know, they got the, the Jordan tech pullover, like the one that you got that yeah, you wore. I'm right. sure you, that'll probably be the move, the neutral sort of some version of New Balance they, sneakers nobody's yeah. seen before. Yeah, right. Yeah. Some mad happy combo, like a collaboration with UCLA. The, uh, that's that's going to be something. I, I think we need to talk more about the culture battles between these new teams and new conferences than the actual battles on the field because. There's going to be a lot of fan fights. Uh, I mean, that that is going to be it's going to be cultural warfare. Um, when huge clashes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> USC people going to Iowa. You think you think they're not going to be looking down on these people? Yes, they you want to talk Eagle, Eagles and Pawnee. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. But yeah, shout out the conference realignment. It's happening. Um, I got some shout outs here that, that I want to keep running through. Uh, shout out to all the NBA players getting married. It has been a great summer for uh, for weddings. Monogamy. Kyle, yeah. dare I producer. say, kick this shit off right. Yeah, you uh, you started a trend. Now everybody's getting married. Joel Embiid, obviously, was, was a big one that got married. We Luka, just saw Jalen Brunson got married. The whole Villanova team was there. Jay Wright as well. That was fun. Luca copying Kyle again, getting married. You wow. know, just just kind of. Well, he proposed. Luca proposed. I will right, say. Right, okay, right, right. I don't. I don't. Well, think he realized he was behind the eight ball, so he was just like, yeah. Uh, Something hit go. him. Like when Kyle was like saying his vows, he's like, I think I should get married. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a piece. It's of one him. of those quantum quantum mechanics <laughs> things where two particles kind of exist simultaneously. Yeah. Not to get nerdy on you. Um. No. Uh. I was gonna say too. Um. Yeah. Um. The Villanova thing, I saw that. I was I was thinking about that. It got me thinking, um, God, some good basketball teams. Jesus Christ, those yeah, Villanova Steven teams. Yeah, Stephen Colin Gillespie, Jalen Brunson. I kind of got I got lost in the white guy. But I was like, I don't know if I know all these white guys <laughs> just didn't. by sight. Uh, so they I think all look some the of those same. guys are like managers and like, you know, <laughs> things like that. But, uh, you know, yeah, you're like, OK, I know that one, Gillespie. Um, and then you keep and then like you, you would get shocked because Phil Booth's back there. Right. You know, and Phil Booth, Good by player. the way, 22 points in the 2016 National Championship game. He really won that game for them. So shout out to Phil Booth. But that was a great like, uh, you know, the Villanova family, um, the Cam Whitmore stuff, uh, obviously during the draft, you know, I, I learned quickly the Villanova family, they come at, they come at you and I do respect serious that. Serious shit. Yeah. They it's don't play around. Shit, man. So shout out to those Wildcats and, uh, 
it looks like everyone's having a, a happy family moment. And uh, Jay Wright's still in the fold, still involved. He's kind of like the de facto GM. He's like the Pat Riley of Villanova basketball right now. So I love that for him. That was a great picture. Um, Virginia also had a wedding. Um, there, there was a bunch of Virginia guys at a wedding. Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, uh, that whole crew. Villanova and Virginia, to me, are kind of on the same plane of... Uh, they are. They're like yeah. they're like new bloods, but they also have great tradition of, you know, it's like weird. I don't know what you want to call these guys. You know, I don't know what the terminology is. They would say probably blue bloods. I'm not sure about that, but I mean... Similar, uh, similar stylistically, too, but they're kind of sides of the spectrum. It's like Villanova, aggressive, up-tempo, yeah. you know, like Virginia sort of, you know, likes to shoot threes, but they're a little more cautious about it. It's just sort of, it's like a conservative. There is sort of a South, Northeast kind of thing going on with them that kind of plays out in the styles, too. I think that's interesting, but yeah, it was good. It was good to see all these groups getting together, you know, stick, staying in touch with, with your college buddies. I, I think like. it's good for monogamy. I mean, I said this to Kyle when he got married. I, I think it's, I think we've all gotten back into uh, this is what we need more of out here. You know what I mean? We need, we need some love. Um, everybody, ELE, everybody love everybody. Everyone's finding love. So shout out to the NBA guy. Shout out to Villanova. Shout out to Virginia. Love to shout see out to that. love. Yeah, shout yeah. out to the love. We love that. Uh, speaking of someone I love, shout out to John Elmore uh, at TBT and Ott Elmore, his brother. Uh, Dan D'Antoni coached these guys at Marshall. They are playing on the Thundering Herd team. This team is running through the TBT. I hope that they win the million dollars. Uh, if you haven't kept up with the TBT, been some great drama. John Elmore, I called him the white James Harden when he was in college. He plays like James Harden. Dan, Dan, he had a Dan Tony coaching him, so he literally had the green light just like James Harden running point guard but taking 30 shots a game. He's doing it again. Also, the herd has Rob Gray, who was on Houston, um, who was a really, really good player. Jordan Poole hit the shot, actually, against that Rob Gray team. Um, that was, you know, during their final four run in 2018. And then also my guy, JP Tokido playing on the Thundering Herd team. So um, it is a Marshall team, but they have recruited some great ringers and we work for the ringers. So we have to shout out when the ringers work. And uh, and in general, if you're if you haven't watched TBT, go watch the herd because they're the best. And uh, John Elmore's fun to watch. Have you watched any of TBT? I, I nope, feel like none. Yeah, right. <laughs> it it, it, it feels been... like no one's watching. You know, I, I go to ESPN. I watch a little bit of it and then. The other day, I got cut out because pickleball came on. Oh, and let me just me. say this, Kyle, man. I know we talked about this early on in our tenure This is together. a perfect segue. This is a perfect segue for a story for me, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. pickleball is a joke. I mean, it, like, as far as the viewing experience, this is not a hard sport. I, uh, It's too easy. That's the reason it doesn't make sense, because the game never ends. I think ping pong is more... I'd rather see racquetball. I'd rather see racquetball. In fact, I think I would like Padel. Um, you know, Padel is like the indoor tennis and it's like glass, like racquetball like that. But there's better options than pickleball. I watched it live. Um, I'm like Aisha Curry. I saw it live. You can't tell me anything differently. Uh, it was, it was a bore. It was a snooze fest. So pickleball, get out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday, uh, there was a Sunday morning. <laughs> Kyle, a couple, yeah. Get that out of my face. Yeah. Get that out of my face. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about having that as a segment. Get it out of my face. I yeah. think this would be a perfect, this is going to be one. Get this out of my face. Uh, a couple Sundays ago, got a, you know, I, I'd set up that I was going to go play ball with a couple guys uh, that you know, a couple friends that I'd never played. With. It, it was a, it was a casual thing. We're playing like two on two half court, but there's a Sunday morning pickleball. I'm not even going to call it a run, you know, because they don't move. I'm not going to call it that. It was a pickleball gathering. 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 You know, <laughs> they were together, but they were cool. They were letting us play. No noise issue, I don't think, because, you know, a bouncing basketball in sort of an echoey gym. The pickleball sounds are pretty loud, so I don't think there was an issue there. 
But we had a cool thing going on. And this lady comes in who is, uh, shout out, the guy I was playing with, Jack Pilgrim, this guy who covers, he, he works for Kentucky Sports Radio. We were like playing two on two and, uh, and my, my guy, Drew Brown and his daughter, we were playing. Uh, so everyone's accounted for here by name now. Uh, but this lady comes in, she's probably in her 60s wearing athleisure, but she comes in and starts going, nope, nope. And I, for people who don't know, I'm doing like the the MLB, you're out of here. Yeah, like, right. You know, you just been you're tossed. tossed. Yeah. She starts doing the thumb. She's like, nope, out, out. Nope. Starts screaming at us. And we we're like, uh, we're cool. We were like, everybody else is cool here. She's like, nope, you got to go. You got to get out. And we were like, we've been playing for a while now. And she walked up to me and she goes, uh, she goes, I'm sorry. I have a hard time being polite. That was what she said to me. <laughs> we were all being cool. Fair. And I leaned in and I, <laughs> I leaned into her and looked her dead in the eyes and I go, I can tell. I yeah, can tell right. you have a hard time being polite. Right I answer. was just like, I was like seething at this point. So we go in the other gym and we're like, there's a smaller auxiliary gym. We go in there, we shoot for a minute, we get kicked out of there. So we're just going to get our bags. We're walking back through and she sees me and we just make eye contact. Like, and I, and I do this thing whenever, um, if people are being rude and like, um, I just didn't break eye contact with her. I just like stared at her as I walked. It takes some like, stones uh, to do. A lot of guys would look she, away. Now, you know, I'm not acting like I'm some kind of hero, but you know, she was, she was mean. Takes she was guts. rude. And I, I, and I uh, sometimes you get to fight away, fire with fire, especially like if they deserve it. You know what I mean? You're like, this is one of those times where a lot of times I'm flight when it comes to fight or flight. I'm like, just get me out of here. I don't care. Um, but in this example, I think you're right. I think you had to give her the stare down. It takes a big man to stand up to a 65 year old woman <laughs> who was like five, five, 120 right. pounds. I think it takes a She'll big call man. the cops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have a lot of courage, a lot of gumption in this in this guy. Uh, but we just we just locked eyes, and I was just like, "Hey, I'm not gonna like you know." I just I'm big on. I don't let people treat me like I don't let. Be, I'm big on like don't talk to me like that. I think mm -hmm. that's why I was not very coachable, like with a shouting head coach. Um, but no, we we locked eyes and and I just looked at her and she was like, "Have a nice day." I was like, "You too." I just you know it was just heavy sarcasm, Thanks. you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was you gave her the Prius thumbs up couldn't. and you got out of there. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe how big of a jerk this lady was, but I, I just wanted to say the pickleball tension continues. I don't know if anybody else in America is. Experiencing <laughs> I thought the shout this. out was for the old lady. I thought you were like respect game. <laughs> I respect her game. <laughs> no, I mean res respect coming immediately with I have a hard time being polite. Yeah, I had never good. had. I was honestly a little stunned by that. Does your I husband just, you tell know, you that all I, the time? Oh yeah. wait, you're probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line, Kyle. I needed you there for yeah, that. Boom, yeah, boom roasted. <laughs> anyway, I, I just if anybody else is having the same tension with pickleball, let me know. Uh, but uh, that was that was traumatic. I like your holding I, I the gaze, very, man. Yeah, I yeah. like. I think it was a good stare down. I think that um, you know pickleball is a fun activity. I'm just saying, get it off ESPN. That's all I'm saying. I I don't want to watch it like it's a real sport. I I think it's a great activity to play. I enjoy it when I have played it, but. It's not a it's not a top tier. We don't need it on ESPN. I I know it's hip. I know it's cool. But yeah. get it off ESPN. I was in a crosswalk yesterday. I was driving, me and my wife, and this guy, like I stopped. The guy was like walking through the crosswalk. I stopped uh, with plenty of time. Mm. And he was looking at me to see if I was gonna stop. And then he held the gates. And I'm now I'm I'm locked in with him as he's crossing the street. He's behind me now. I'm looking at him through my car. My wife's been talking to me the whole time. I don't even know what's going on. And she's like, hey, are you're, you going to go? You've disassociated. But I was I was so uncomfortable. I didn't hear anything. It takes a lot of brain power to hold the gaze is what I mean. So uh, good on you. Right. And okay, it, hold on, As Kyle, soon as you blink, you, it's wait a problem. minute. 
this is a common issue for me walking my dog because I have to cross like a like a four lane road to go into this park. Your etiquette when you're turning left across a crosswalk, do you come right up to the crosswalk or you or do you sit straight like before? Like how close do you get to the crosswalk? When oh, you're I'm before the stop line, especially if there's people around the crosswalk, because I know I, yeah. I would for as a walker and a bus taker myself. You know, you got to keep your head on a swivel. And I just you got to remember where you came from. Yeah. You know? I try yeah. to let everybody know what the deal is. I see you, blah, blah, blah. And this was that case. But he was just he, he gave me the look and then he didn't stop. And then we're both craning our necks at like a like a 90 degree angle. And he's behind me. And I'm like, I'm about to roll down my window and pop my head out just to keep looking. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what came over me, but I just I was super uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, my wife was talking to me. I just heard like that sound. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what was going on. But uh, I'm just I mean, sometimes you just really got to lock into a gaze like that. So good for you. Yeah. Good life yeah. advice right there from Kyle. Lock in constant, on those gazes. Constant, uh, constant sort of uh, not confrontations, but this is a, that's a steady thing that happens to me a lot crossing that, you know, people, some people do the move. I, I've had the people do the move where they just like cross the crosswalk in that little window, you know, in the like there's that lane where they can pull into and like that, that space where they can turn left in front of you as you're in the crosswalk. I just think there's a special place in hell for those people. That's all I'm saying. I, I have a big problem with that. But, uh, you know, good for you, Kyle, that you're doing it correctly. I'm yeah. proud of you. Yeah, you let the people walk. You let the people. Yeah. It's, it's pedestrian pass. Yeah, you wait. Have some yeah. patience, for God's sakes, people. I mean, three out of five people are on their fucking phone anyway. So when they're right. walking, I mean, come on. Right. Look up. Look up, folks. Uh, shout out to Mar <laughs> Look this up. Shout out to Marjan Bochamp, who had 83 points at the crossover, uh, Jamal Crawford's event. This was his first time playing in a pro-am. This is a little pro-am update. I just wanted to shout out the, the pro-am guys. Trace Jackson Davis also went to Dizzy Runs uh, in Indiana. Got, like, basically a standing ovation. Um, from the from the Indiana fans there that they, they love in, him, man. They are in they love, love with him. this man. Um, so that was cool to see. So there, there's some good stuff happening in the pro ams. I'm trying uh, to get Jamal Crawford on the show to talk about the crossover and uh, you know talk about pro am season and all that sort of stuff because people forget last year LeBron James um, ended Chet's rookie season at on a pro -Am game. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's people forget this. No one no one wants to talk about this. So uh Pro Ams matter. We're gonna talk about them. But I thought Bochamp scoring eighty three was uh good news for the Giannis camp. I'm sure they love seeing that. And I think Bochamp can be a really good player. He's a G League guy that we didn't really talk about a lot, but um, because we're a college basketball show, but he's a really good player. So eighty three points is impressive. Um shout out to Gucci Main, aka Guwap. Um, he dropped Wappenheimer and Burby. Um, this is uh, two albums that came out in conjunction with the films. This is something that when I was like in high school, college, it was an expectation that Gucci would always meet the moment, you know, and I thought we were past that. And the fact that Gucci Mane was ready with Wappenheimer and Burby, I have not listened to either one of these. I don't even know if they're real albums, but the fact that he met the moment, it felt like everything's going to be all right. You know, there's, there's few moments in life where you're like, things make sense. We get less and less of them these days, but Gucci Mane having Wappenheimer and Burby ready to go, that that was good stuff. So shout out to Gucci Those Mane. guys should be working for Duke. <laughs> Basketball social team. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the social team for Gucci Mane is working overtime. Good for good for him. Good for him for, for meeting sort of your, uh, your ritual that makes you feel some comfort. I'm happy about that. Uh, in terms of the movies, uh, have you guys seen any of those? I, was I just saw curious, Barbie really. this weekend. Okay, okay. I've seen Barbie. I've seen Oppenheimer, and I'm going to see Oppenheimer again on Tuesday. Uh, with a little follow-up feature. I'm excited. 
There's the, uh, you know, put on the like the film film dorky kind of thing. I'm not like a you get to the ringer and you think you're into something and then you meet some of the people that we have covering different subjects. And you're like, oh, I'm not actually into that. You right. Know, it's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a music guy. I'm a TV guy. I'm a, you know, whatever. Uh, but so I'm not presenting myself as that. But there is a 70 millimeter print showing of, of Oppenheimer that I'm going to wait and see in Indianapolis. That's going to be a little bit of a trek. I did go see Mission Impossible. Um, that's what I wanted. I'm to ashamed see. to. I'm ashamed to admit this. Uh, I fell asleep during it. I don't know what happened. I've told that to multiple people, and they've been like, "Really?" They're like, "Okay, Dad." Uh, Let me ask you I'll this you, before you tell me why. Not to cut you off, but that's exactly what I'm doing. Do it. I'll tell you. Movie seats have gotten incredible over the last couple of years, mm. depending on where you go. Yeah, they're too comfortable. Like I was in a recliner. Uh, you know what I mean. I definitely shut my eyes a few times in Barbie. I can tell you that happened to me during Godzilla a couple of years ago. Like, are you, are you in the classic movie seats or are you, or do you get a nice recline on these? Like, you know, movie seat used to be a movie seat. Now I think they really, uh, they're really innovated in the uh, movie seat technology. So I'm wondering, are you <laughs> sitting in like one of these, you know, luxurious seats where it's like, you know, it's more, it's, it's more, more plausible that yes. you can fall asleep. It's everything. Everybody wants, it's, like, it's almost recliner. like they want you to fall asleep. Right. Are you trying, Kyle? Are you trying to say moviegoers these days are soft? Is that yeah. what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Well, the ones that, yeah, the ones that never been. Yeah, it's a soft. It's it's a soft group that we got here. No, I mean, um, I'm not. Yeah, I was sitting in a recliner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fall asleep in the movie guy. Like it doesn't happen. Like usually, I'm I'm kind of a night owl. I'm hyper vigilant. I'm up all the time. You know, I'm not I'm not like you know shifty jumpy, but I, I stay awake. I have a hard time going to sleep. So this was weird for me. But I will say. That Mission Impossible, I think the thing that wore me out was, aside from like the fantastical bl- plot and everything that is obviously that's the way these movies work. It's just like, doesn't really make sense. It's not rooted in reality in any way, shape or form. But when they started being referential to the other movies, I kind of was just like, I- I've like, I saw Ghost Ghost Protocol, I think it's what it's called. Like, I, um, I've seen a lot of the movies, but I still was not keeping up with any kind of... I thought I could just go in there and not know anything, really. I'm not invested in the universe, really. So when they started, like, kind of calling back and being referential, I was like, what? Oh, man. What? What? (laughs) I I was like, what are we talking about? I just can't... And, like, you know, plus I have, like, one gin and tonic, you know, and I'm sitting back in a recliner with this movie that's confusing. I I just... I drifted off, and I woke up. I, I saw, like, two hours of it, and I was like, I probably should just get out of here, you know, because it was long and and I did. So I didn't I didn't even end up seeing the end of it. So, uh, yeah, that was my experience. I had my close friends who are, you know, in their mind, film critics. They all work in film. They said that it was terrible and uh, that they did not like it. And then I asked about the motorcycle jump because I watched the 20 minute video when Tom Cruise did that. And I was like, this is magnificent. And they said that was way better than the movie and that the actual jump in the movie looked very fake. So I think this is actually good for Tom Cruise. I think this is, a, a you know. He's got a minor setback for a major comeback. There's no telling what this guy's going to do for the next movie. There's literally no telling. He is going to he do might something. die on screen. Yeah, yeah, right. Like he is going to go because Oppenheimer and Barbie have you know surpassed you know, and then you know Oppenheimer's taken all the IMAX away from you know Mission Impossible. I think he comes back with a vengeance, and uh, it's okay that you fell asleep because Tom Cruise will answer the bell, and it might be. At the cost of his own life. I mean, there's no telling what he's going to do. And that is why <laughs> you have to respect the man. Because he also said that he was happy. They asked him about the box office. Uh, I saw a little interview with him. He was like, I'm just happy people were going to the movies. Which is he the, got the my most, money. Good guy he of the won. week, Tom Cruise. Good guy of the week, Tom Good guy Cruise. of the week. He's like, just go to the movies. Doesn't matter if you see Mission Impossible. So you're okay. I think you could fall asleep. He gets it. 
Yeah, he got my money, so he he won. <laughs> so there's uh, really who gives a shit whether I you know if it's true falls in the woods. He, he, yeah, <laughs> I I just I don't know. I it was it was fine. I like a lot of people. It's like they're just you know being wowed by the stunts and stuff like that. It's like yeah, that's fun. There's a place for that. I enjoy that here and there. But uh, on that particular night, I, I want to see Oppenheimer and I want to see Barbie. So I haven't seen uh, Asteroid City either. I want to see that. But, no, uh, a lot of a lot of stuff out. Asteroid you, you City in? was the biggest, and I'm a Wes Anderson guy, huge Wes Anderson guy. I'd oh. say Royal Tenenbaums is one of my favorite movies. Start Grand Budapest, Start I'm, right? I mean, come on, one. like, oh, you, we're just we're just throwing out hits right now. Uh, Kyle's a Darjeeling guy, did I see? Oh yeah, if big time. Okay, this, this felt like uh, real Chat GBT or GBT, whatever the hell it is. GBT, like, <laughs> yeah, whatever the hell. AI wrote this movie. It's so bad. I mean, it really is. It, it was. Uh, and I didn't even tweet or say anything about it because I I love Wes Anderson, so I'm not gonna not gonna kick him while he's down. But um, it is not that a being good movie. said. That being said, no one's listening to that this. We're, said, we're deep piece in shout of outs. shit. Don't know. It's just it, it, it was really sad. Like I I, uh, I I was hurt by it. So um, not not my cup of tea that movie. But uh, yeah, Oppenheimer's a banger, especially seventy millimeter. Got to go see that. Barbie's a lot of fun. Um, the haters will tell you it's not fun, but that's because. They got their own problems, you know what I mean? Like it's it's a fun movie. Kyle said he almost fell asleep, but you laughed. But that, uh, no, you laughed. it wasn't because it, it sucked. It was just because Alan was funny. I was at, I was at a hundred and eighty degree angle in the fucking movie theater. I'm at City Walk, so right. You know, they, they, th- these ones got like not only do they have recliners, they're like it's like hydraulic recliners. Like I accidentally I sat in the seat and my elbow touched this button, and the next thing I know, I'm I'm basically at a hundred and eighty degree angle. Yeah, just uh, which I had to be because. <laughs> Everybody wants to see these movies. So, you know, I the night before I was like, all right, we'll go we'll go uh, early in the day, you know, on on Friday and we'll make it so that we can we can get in. Uh, There was only the front two rows. So I had to be at this 180 degree angle anyway. So it just but with the with the angle that I was at was actually not so bad. But if I wasn't at that angle, I was going to have a tough time. So you guys made me fall asleep. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Are you are you guys particular about like your uh, if you. Are you, if you buy and, and reserve a seat or in like if someone is in it, like are you particular oh, yeah, about where you off. see? Yeah, get out of my seat. Me too. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Me too. Well, especially I, in yeah. California, like you get assigned a seat. Like in my hometown, it's like you buy a ticket and get you go find early. a seat. <laughs> get there early. Yeah, you get there thirty minutes early and you fight people for seats. You know what I mean? Which is like the Southwest flying experience. But if I have an assigned seat and you're in my assigned seat, you got to go. I hate. Oh to yeah, say it. I had. I had a very tense like interaction with like a family who just like I guess the one seat that they couldn't get like that families was in their are group egregious. Families think they can mine. do anything. They they really do. That they're like on a plane. They're like, sorry, my wife needs. You think seat. I'm in a middle it's seat like, now? Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> She's got to go back to her seat. Thirty two F. Big time no to yeah, that. Yeah, always. That happened to me on the way to Salt Lake City. There was a family who like like they were like, can he sit here? And they're they, like proceeded to talk the whole time. Oh, anyway, uh, <laughs> and get up to pee like eighty times. Um, no, but I, I went in and like there was a family who was sitting and I guess the one seat they couldn't get was mine and the dead and mine was the best seat it was in the dead center and I and I walked up and uh because I like to be dead center dead center like perfectly in the middle of the theater perfectly in the middle and uh I don't I don't want to be the left I don't want to be the right dead center my wife knows this she's like you're picky about it I don't give a shit you can have it but anyway I walk in and um they're sitting in my seat and I was like, I stood there and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, that's me right there, you know, uh, B5, whatever it is. And they were like, 
well, I mean, what do you want me to do? And I was like, move your kid, move. I'm, I want to sit in my seat. And they made me feel, so I just like sat there awkwardly in the middle of this big family for the whole movie. I was just like, fuck off. This is my seat. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> so uh, you had, you had the families on both sides of you. They were on both sides. Wait, so you had one seat to the left that you would still be in the middle though? You would still be in the middle if you had moved one seat to the left or something? No, I mean, all the seats were taken and it was, there were probably eight of them. And I was at like spot four. Oh, and then like, yeah, there, no, you know, there were people, you guys. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, they're like talking over me and stuff. And I went by myself and I was just like, I'm not, just the principal of it. I'm dug in. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good. moving. Good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, sorry, uh, pal. This is where I'm sitting. I, I feel strongly about it. Yeah. Good for you. I do think because we didn't go to the theaters for quite some time, there's like an etiquette that has been a little bit lost. Like I, I said on our last show, there are people at Oppenheimer taking videos of the movie on their phones like live like in the moment i see phones like they were at a concert and i i'm like what is happening and you know even this weekend i saw cardi b threw a microphone at someone because they threw a drink at her it feels like the etiquette we don't know how audience, to be at events yeah the audience <laughs> has lost itself i mean that that might have been the most damning part of uh, our time spent at home is that we lost our minds because now people don't know how to act and uh that family sounds like they don't know how to act what are they doing? Yeah. You bought that ticket. You got that seat. Get that out of my face. Get it out of sit your Sit in your face. seat. Sit. Yeah. Don't expect to sit somewhere you're, you know, get that out of my face. Sit in your assigned seat. Yeah, sit people. in your seat, folks. Uh, one last shout out, and I know you watch this show as well. Uh, shout out to Righteous Gemstones. Season four, they got renewed. I was looking at uh, the the viewership of Righteous Gemstones, which I feel like is so, somewhat like secular. Like in, in, in the South, my family... My extended family, friends, everyone loves Righteous Gemstones. It's like the succession of the South. And then I'm looking at the numbers and way more people watch Righteous Gemstones than Succession. Um, and in fact, more people watch Righteous Gemstones than Eastbound and Down, which is also a very, you know, I thought very Southern show that everyone was in love with. Um, but they get a new season. The season finale was on Sunday. I want to get BJ, a.k.a. Tim Boss, on the show. But I wanted to throw it to you guys because you may know the answer to this. Are they allowed to come on podcasts? Are, are actors allowed to come on podcasts? Because I, I don't know with the union, like, am, will I be scabbing? Like, if I get Tim Baltz oh, on this podcast? Question. That is, I what, don't know, but that's my, that, the show is great. We can mention that. But I mean, that's the next question. I don't know what to do about this. If we promise to talk about strike a little bit, we'll talk strike at the top. And then we'll be like, we start with strike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with strike. We go from there. All right. We have, I'll, we have I'll put in the request. We start with strike. We might have a line to, to Baltz because uh, our guy, Tyler Parker, uh, famously Second City trained. Uh, he, right. He's boys with Baltz. They actually like perform together. So there you go. And we've we'll got the Grady Dick angle. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked to him over Instagram, you know what I mean? And I'm like, at this point, we got to put the ask in. But I didn't want to put the ask in. And then it's like a scab move. You know what I mean? I don't want to set him up. No, let's for, talk about all the great things you're doing with the strike. And right. Then, uh, right. And I don't then. want Sarah Silverman doing like a reaction video to Tim <laughs> Baltz coming on One Shining Podcast. You know actually, what I mean? I think, that would, be awesome. you. I think yeah. that would be great She's, for us. It would actually be good for the show. Uh, speaking of one last thing, Kyle went to Nordstrom at the Grove and we got an OSP fan out in the wild that checked him out. So uh, that's uh, literally that great. scan my items, like not check me out. Like, hey, you look, you look good. Luca. <laughs> like, Luca's looking great. No, uh, no, he was checking me out. And like at the end of the whole interaction, he's like, is that a one shining podcast? I was like, what? Really? Yeah, it is. And I was like, you listen to that? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if it was you. I was like, you think there's other people walking around with this tattoo? Like, I started something here. 
No, it's uh, he was like, honestly, I thought you were Luka Doncic. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Um, Did yeah. I tell you all what happened to that me at uh, at a liquor store not too long ago? It was like during the playoffs, last thing, and then we, <laughs> there was this really big guy who had like a huge beard and overalls, and he he like kind of sized me up as I was I was checking out, and uh, I was like, okay, he's just kind of he's giving you you know giving you that up and down kind of look where yeah. you're like something else is going on here, and he just goes, you work for Bill Simmons. And I was like, yeah. And then he literally didn't say anything else. That was all he said. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just moved on. Yeah. He didn't give the love you, I appreciate you, which made me think like he was like, he recognized me, but I'm not his thing, which which was which was great. I love that. I was like, cool. Awesome. Yeah. You left that anyway. open-ended. You're like, I don't know how he yeah. feels about me, but uh, at least he knows. That's uh, I like that even more. Right. I, I thought that was awesome. Like, just to, uh, tell someone you, you recognize who they are, but don't give any kind of feedback on it. I just, I, I think that's great. Yeah. I enjoyed that. That is great. Shout out to the wild. Shout 80 minutes in. Fans. Can I get to my shout outs, guys? Yeah, please. What do you think? Get to your shout outs. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Right. Get to your shout outs. Great. I, got, I didn't I got know two. I was holding you up. I got... <laughs> I got three. <laughs> I got three. First of all, shout out FanDuel TV. Not the way you think, though. FanDuel TV racing. I uh, found out you can do that from anywhere in the state of California. They've got a channel on DirecTV. I'm playing the ponies at Frolic. Right. I, the, I turned the Frolic into an OTB. I'm not sure how the owner feels about it, but everyone had a great time <laughs> on Saturday. They were all, I wish I had a code I could have given them uh, to sign up, uh, but uh, we were just, we were, playing, frolic. we were playing the ponies yeah. at Frolic. I had them, there was no sports on. I think Pickleball came on. I was like, hey, oh man, could you turn to channel 603 for me? And he was right. like, yeah, the ponies are on. I'm like, all right, let's go. We're at the Meadowlands. And so everyone's like, which one do you got? You know, uh, so that was that was a great time. Shout out to FanDuel Racing, uh, FanDuel TV for for putting that on. Do you guys have like a bookie there? Like, is anyone like running the house? No, dude. I mean, we're all on our phones. Oh, oh, right. You just do you it. just you download the, the FanDuel in. Racing app and you get get uh, off to the races there. So that was that. Shout out to FanDuel. That was really good. Shout out FanDuel. <laughs> also, Tate should have his own show, show at Frolic. That would be. <laughs> this we're is playing just, the ponies just, at Frolic. Right. Uh, this one's really good. Uh, John Ruiz, the big NIL booster from Miami, is in, under some. Uh, his it's the headline says his shady business and recent FBI investigation start a meme fest on Twitter. He's the guy uh, who is the owner of Life Wallet, which is that the one who uh, that your information or that was Life Lock? One that was Life Lock. Life yeah, Lock. Okay, yeah. my my identity got stolen as uh, as, as a forced ad. promo. Yeah, I got I got forced to do an ad and then they stole my identity. <laughs> they got uh, a big data leak. Yeah, think. it was great in like 2016. <laughs> right, right, Bill didn't want to do it, so Tate yeah, had to do yeah. it. Yeah, he's like, you <laughs> gotta sign up. You. And then I literally got my identity stolen. Uh, yeah. So uh, he's the guy who uh, gave former Kansas State uh, guard Nigel Pack a two-year, eight hundred million dollar deal to join Miami. However. The recent NIL money from Ruiz has decreased in not just the football program, but all the other programs, too. Um, and so I think uh, what's the other according to Miami Herald, <laughs> Ruiz's life wallet is the target of federal and civil criminal investigations. Yes. And uh, so I think a lot of these deals might go away that uh, that got some of these kids here. So that's tough. No and, and now flag. Mario Cristobal is trying to use Messi being in Miami as like a recruiting <laughs> tool. Um, and I I reached out to Kevin Clark, who is our Miami correspondent, and I sent him this story that Kyle just brought up and I sent him the Messi thing and he just said no comment. So he uh, <laughs> he mm. I think the U is worried. I think that uh, w what happens when the bag bites back? I don't know, but it looks like the bag's in trouble here. Here and uh, I, I don't think know. The only I don't know. 
I think the only move left is is to sort of just like align with the Saudis, right? If they're going to keep this going, if Miami is going to keep their edge, I think that's the way to go, right? You know, yeah, LeBron right. said that he'd sprint there. He had the Forrest Gump meme, you know, he'd sprint there. I, I'm just trying to think of how Miami can stay. This will hurt their Cooper flag situation, right? If the if the life wallet thing's not on the table anymore, it seems like uh, we got to figure something out. I still cannot get that LeBron tweet out of my mind. There's so many questions I have about that tweet and the timing of it, but I'll just leave that. <laughs> I'll just leave it be. I'll just leave it there but shout out i don't to, even think we have to say anything i think it's just it's it, there it, just go look at the time and then I, look, yeah yeah you you start piecing it together it just doesn't make much sense to me but in general miami and uh their bag dropping is it's timeless and it's they're one of the best so we hate to see it kyle good shout out with last one right uh yeah uh s uh, san diego state and gonzaga are gonna are scheduling a home and home that we were just talking about to uh save west coast basketball it seems like so nice. that's really really good the WCC is actually way more funded than Pac-12, and uh, I know the haters don't want to hear it, but uh, St. Mary's, Gonzaga, Pepperdine, LMU, there, there's a lot of fun teams in the WCC, and I like this matchup. San Diego State will probably end up in the Pac-12 very soon, um, but Gonzaga's another team that maybe they have like some sort of basketball deal where they do like the licensing like Notre Dame does with their football. Um, you know, who knows what happens with that, but I like that matchup. And uh, San Diego State's going to be good this year, and Gonzaga's always going to be good. So uh, Shout out to home and homes. Yeah, we love that. We love home and homes. We love trends starting. We love when the Blue Bloods get in on the business. And uh, those are two new bloods, Gonzaga and San Diego State, so they're doing it too. Um, Kyle Mann, anything else before we get out of here? I feel like we did all the shout-outs possible today. Uh, no, yeah, you, you, you let me get my material in, you know, I had to complain <laughs> about pickleball and, uh, I had to, you know, talk about mission impossible. Uh, I wanted to shout out Ch Tyler Childers, who is a Kentucky country artist. He put out a really cool video. Uh, that dude is, uh, awesome. Become a bigger fan of his like every day. I saw him in a restaurant in Louisville and I got kind of starstruck where I was like, oh shit, that's Tyler Childers. I don't know if you guys are into country music at all. I didn't know. I He's one like of the real ones. do this one. <laughs> what? I said, I don't know. I don't know. Either. You should have gone up to him and said, hey, do you work for Bill Simmons? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Aren't you a country, aren't you a country aren't you music a country artist singer? and then I don't say anything yeah, yeah, they else? just walk out. Kyle, you might like it for real, though. It's good, it's good stuff. Anyway, I wanted to give that who's, guy some who's credit. Who's his comp? Who's his shades of, like, country artist-wise? Morgan Wallen? No, no, no. He's about, he's, uh, he's Tim sort McGraw, of Al Jackson. What? Ooh, Tim McGraw. No, he's not one. Of, he's he's sort of a more traditional guy, like a like a real like singer songwritery type guy, like uh, what, like what an old saying, like like a Willie. You know what I'm like saying? Luke he's Combs. like a Willie Whalen, Johnny Cash type guy. He's like one of the old school dudes. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's not one of these big. Uh, he's sort of the the anti Jason Aldean. Uh, screw that guy. Anyway, but yeah, um, he's good. He's he's good. He's good. Very, Shout out to the songwriter Alan too. Jackson before we get out of here. I mean, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. A lot what, of hits. What, what, what is like hits. Alan Jackson's most famous line? Like, we'll put a boot in your ass. Like, that's like, isn't that his That song? was Toby. Way down yonder oh, the Chattahoochee. Toby. Oh, yeah. There you go. I'm from the Chasing South. that neon rainbow. Right. Yep. Right. Uh, Eric Church. That's He's from North Carolina. Daddy Gene, let me drive. <laughs> All right, there you have it. This has been One Shining Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back on Thursday with a brand new show. We'll figure out our guest then. I uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. And again, this is One Shining Podcast.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 